Hi, this is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, I have my friend Misty, who's going to join us, and uh, let's see where our conversation goes. Thanks for joining me, Misty. Hello. <laughs> Aloha and buongiorno. <laughs> so, okay, you start with buongiorno. What do you love about Italy? The food. Oh. Oh, pizza. Um, pizza. Espresso. Mm. And you know what a, a day without coffee is? It doesn't exist. Depresso. <laughs> <laughs> and there's your preview how this little chat is going to go. <laughs> so I met you through some mutual friends because we have like, you know, Portland and these crazy networks. And then when I realized, you know, we have like so many other friends in common because this is just how Portland works. But uh, you're doing something different now than what you used to do. What is what is your current occupation Ooh, um pta mom pta mom ice cream maker mm -hmm. yogi Ooh, brilliant <laughs> and i noticed like you've recently had your eyebrows done you've got your hair you know nice you look very lovely today in oh. a nice sweater and then you're wearing a gorgeous ring the moonstone ring and you've painted your nails now you've expressed to me that this is different because your previous occupation was what? I was in the Air Force. For how many years? 24 and a half. And what did you, what was your normal dress like, especially with your nails? Oh, you know, with combat boots, you're, uh, <laughs> you've got uh, clear nail polish if you're going to even do it. Right. Just it, actually the, the verbiage on the regs was uh, conservative. Oh my gosh. So, yeah. so no, you know, nothing, and I, I normally never painted my nails and because right. honestly they... I, I, I type 100 words a minute, just nice. probably about as fast as I talk. Right, right. It's probably why you had to type so fast so you can keep <laughs> up with the thoughts. <laughs> yeah, and um, and I just, you know, with, with typing and just uh, doing an admin job, yeah. I just found yeah. that my, I didn't, it, and I, I do my own nails. I'm, t I'm just a little frugal to have them professionally done. It's right. nice to do that, but to treat yourself. But I, I really enjoy painting my own nails, so I just really didn't do it. When I was in the military, and now right. that I'm retired, I like to go bold sometimes. Right. It's a real, like, blue or... And can we just pause a second? Because, like, mm -hmm. you're not old. We're very close to the same age. And I just love <laughs> that, like, you're retired. I am retired. I retired at age 44. <laughs> and then I turned 45 in October. I retired one August. Oh, my gosh. Of, awesome. of 2019. But when did you stop working? I stopped working 28 May because I had a lot of vacation time to use. And I had planned that intentionally that I was going to have the summer off. I love that. I so love that. It was really nice. Oh it was really special. So what do you do as PTA mom? Uh, I am the volunteer coordinator at our son's school. So we have two kids. And so they go to two different schools because they're different ages. Sure. And so, um, yeah, I, I help uh, with, in fact, there was, I sent out something today. We're looking for someone to help to um, keep our website going. Nice. The, the, the guy who was doing it before, he stepped down. And, um, and so we're looking for someone to put that out. And so what I do is I, we send it out, uh, the message, whatever message that I send out is we send it in Spanish and English. Oh, nice. So if I, if I, I try to take a stab, but I usually, I want a native Spanish speaker. Right. I'm not a native Spanish speaker. Right. But you're... Fluent or close to fluent? I mean, I, uh, <laughs> it kind of it comes back when I'm immersed. Yeah, um, but yeah. Um, I can I can usually like I would say elementary education, elementary level maybe. Right, but right, right. I feel comfortable translating a little, but when it's if it's something like professional, like well, no, I'm I know that I'm not information and things. Yeah, yeah if it's yeah. super urgent or whatever, but yeah, um, yeah. Nice. All right, I want to know why you joined the Air Force. Oh, to travel, to travel and oh. see the world. 
It was under, there was no, there was no wars or conflicts in mm-hmm. 94 when mm-hmm. I joined and maybe Kosovo's kind of on the er- verge or maybe the next year or so. But right. uh, really, honestly, I was going to be a travel, a, a flight attendant. Uh-huh. I just wanted to travel and I'm a, I'm a people person. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, send me somewhere and you know, where I'm talking to people yeah. uh, or I'll join the military. And then I dated a guy I, uh, who was in the air force and, um, well, he had didn't, he had, done his enlistment of like four years, came back home. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I must have asked a lot of questions and then mm-hmm. we, we broke up and then about it planted the seed. Right. And so I must've talked about it a lot. And actually my mom called the recruiter on me. Yeah. I was, I was, um, in my first year of college, community college. And, uh, I just really didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew sure. up or what, I, what my major might even be. Yes. And so she actually called the recruiter for me in that first year, first couple of months and then I joined the delayed enlistment plan, the program there. Interesting. What is that? So where you talk to a recruiter and you, you sign like an intent to sign. Uh-huh. And then I ended up joining like like a year later. Oh, nice. Interesting. Yes. But then you meet like once a month or whenever they have regular meetings and they try to educate you on like rank. So you get a oh, leg up. Sure. You know, when you, you, most people don't know about what ranks, the different ranks, enlisted right. officer, and there's you know. a lot of jargon. Oh, yeah, a lot of acronyms. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, were you athletic when you were in school, in high school? I was. I was um, I was totally into sports. So I, um, I did volleyball, track, uh-huh. and softball. So three seasons, all the seasons. Yeah, softball, because softball and track happened at the same time. Oh, I sure. loved track, so I did softball in the summers. Oh, okay, okay, with what, yep. maybe city leagues or whatever. Yep, yep. Nice, nice. So how was boot camp then? It was... I found it really easy, <laughs> honestly. Other, th- I mean, and I joined when I was twenty. Sure. So I wasn't. I was. I had already lived uh, outside of my parents' house for a year. Yeah. And um, and and I was in the Air Force. So there's if there's anybody listening that you know was in or knows of people in other branches, everybody makes fun of the Air Force. They call us the Chair Force. Oh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of admin jobs were sitting. I mean, our mission is air, air power. Right, right. So right. The, unless you're working on the planes, I mean, there's just a lot of behind the scenes support services that are done mm. on the ground in closed buildings. You're not outside doing infantry stuff. It's just a different mission. Right. And so um, so the basic was at the time that I went was six weeks. It is now eight weeks. Oh, that's right. They changed it years ago. Yeah. And then there's there's... They've added some things, but um, yeah. But they but they built up this big confidence course, and and by the time that we did it, it's this obstacle course. I just I thought that that in my mind going to basic just from what I've seen from Hollywood movies or whatever, like we'd be doing that stuff daily or weekly, right? right. And it was just a one culminating event at the end. Oh, and I was uh, maybe other branches do it differently, but that's I what think it their for. PT was much more intense, but yeah. it has changed. Nine eleven changed everything. Okay. And so they found that when we deployed, the Air Force deployed, we were, as a, as a branch, more out of shape than the Army, the Marines. So especially, especially in like Iraq or Afghanistan where mm-hmm. things were happening. So, so they changed, they kind of really revamped the whole PT. It used to be you just would ride a recumbent bicycle and they'd put a strap a heart monitor on you. Right. Increase the tension and just see how your heart responds. Right. And the joke was all the smokers passed and the non-smokers didn't pass. I, I've never smoked. I yeah, but uh, I always passed. But <laughs> <laughs> but now they they changed it. I don't know. Gosh, oh, I mean, halfway in, and then you, now it's you know there's push up, sit ups, uh, waist cir- circumference, and then a mile oh. and a half run. Oh my gosh! 
And so, uh, and so, yeah, it's it's a lot better. I mean, it's not perfect, and then because they uh, say you're over on your waist or this. I mean, they'll you have to. There's certain components. I mean, you got to pass. But uh, and a lot of people complain still because everyone has different body types. Yes. But but it's better than what it used to be. Right. Right. So. Yeah, which earned it the name chair force. Correct. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Zoomies. I've heard that. That's oh a term. My gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh. <laughs> so you wanted to travel. Yes. And you joined. And did you get to travel? I did. Um, so I was in less than a year, and I got to go to Cairo, Egypt. I spent my twenty-first birthday in Cairo, Egypt. In, That's amazing. In BFE. So, <laughs> and so um, I slept in a tent. I worked in a tent. I ate in a tent. It was all peacekeeping. It was 1995. Okay. And it was just a peacekeeping multinational operation called Operation Bright Star. And they had it every other year. And they paired up with like British forces. Oh, fascinating. Uh, it was just, it's just cool to all of a sudden be, hear these different accents and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all the things. And by the way, German, side note, German Air Force, they can have facial hair. Oh. All the time. American troops cannot, unless you're doing something special. Right. Or you're trying to, you know, you're going to deploy and you're going to be in Durka Durka. Right, right. Laka Laka Street or something, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Oh. But, um, yeah, I got to go to Cairo, Egypt. And then from there I went back to Idaho, which is where I uh, was stationed. And then um, I got, then not too long, I got three-year order assignment to Panama, Central America. Oh, my gosh. So that was a dream. I was oh. there 96 to 99. Wow. When did you learn Spanish? In uh, Growing up. Uh -huh. I, so I grew up near Fort Grove, mm -hmm. Oregon, and, uh, I, and I went there, K, that Fort Grove High School District, K through 12, mm -hmm. and like a, so many of my classmates were native Spanish speakers, just a lot of farm workers out there. Sure, I course. couldn't wait to look, to learn to habla. I just felt that that's, that's who my community is, and yeah. that will help me. I could then communicate, and that's going to serve me well. And then, so I took it in high school as soon as we could in ninth grade. I took four years, and it was nice because my first job, I was a grocery bagger. I was a bag lady. Nice. <laughs> but I got to help translate. Like, a lot yeah. of the women were using their WIC vouchers and yes. coupons, and uh -huh. they were getting, you know, these fancy hybrid cranberry cocktail blends, and you can, like, oh, it's very specific. You know, you can get yeah. only orange juice, jugo de naranja. Right, or, right, right. You know, jugo de uva, grape juice or something. And so I, I felt that I got to contribute and I got to translate and utilize the Spanish I was lear learning right in my community. So I loved it. And then you went to Panama. Yeah, well, I got fluent. Nice. Yeah, I was really immersed. And I lived in the town. I They didn't have enough room on the bases for... I was single. Yeah. My whole... Uh, ended up being six years of active duty. Mm -hmm. And um, they didn't have enough room for... As they were closing down um, with the Panama Canal Treaty, mm. they just didn't have enough room for the single, single people. They're like, who wants to live off base? I'm like, oh, I just couldn't raise my hand fast enough. Uh-huh. What was the most interesting thing you saw in Panama? Um, I was late to work once with a, there was a sloth crossing. I'm sorry? Yeah, sloth, <laughs> there was a sloth crossing the road and, you know, you're just, you don't have a cell phone. This is yeah. the 90s and yeah. uh, just, you know, was late to work. I'm like, sorry, there's a sloth crossing. They're like, no problem. <laughs> We're in the jungle. We're literally in the jungle. Oh my gosh. And what, what also was interesting is that the military, we could not establish a perimeter around that base because people that lived in the jungle would just take it right back. They they would take the parts and just strap it on their backs and walk away. Oh my gosh. So they never had a true fence line because the fencing would be stolen constantly. 
That's fascinating. It was it was interesting. But you think how resourceful. Yeah. If you're living in the jungle yeah. and you're living in, in, in poverty or whatever, yeah. you know, you just... Yeah. You, and there's not, you know, they didn't have the high-speed cameras or, you know, I don't know, right. probably back then I don't think they did. And right. I don't know. That, security wasn't my job then, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you share what your job was? Yeah, I was medical supply for my first 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then I was finance the last 14 years. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so then you did Panama, and then what'd you do? And then I got orders to uh, New Mexico. Oh. And um, so uh, it's the land of enchantment. Mm -hmm. The official state question is red or green, as in red sauce or green sauce. (laughs) Yeah, they take it very seriously. (laughs) Really good, authentic Mexican restaurants down there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yep, awesome. Yep. And then I was just there. I survived Y2K there. Yes, congratulations. Yes, I was yes. in Michigan. You as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> I didn't either. I knew and where I was at. I was in the dorms. I just knew that if stuff was going to go down, the, the government was going to take care of me. Right. I mean, I was uh, still, you know, yeah. active duty. and Yeah. But yeah, and then from there, I, I, I got out and joined the guard and came back home. Interesting. Okay. So then someplace along the way you met your husband. Mm -hmm. So, um, after I was, I was in the, I joined and got in the guard right away. So then at that point I was a weekend warrior. Um, so one weekend a month, two weeks a year, Mm -hmm. that's your minimum obligation. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, nine 11 happened and I was activated. Um, then after this, people were were figuring things out Uh, a couple weeks later, I was, I was given a call like, Hey, do you want to um, be a security augmentee? Well, that is where you, you are trained to be a military policeman. Oh. Not with all the same standards as that's the, 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 the security force people, right. the military people, um, MPs, as they say in the Army. But um, not, not ex- you're not exactly going through all the same training. But they're just like, hey, we're going to give you some training, and we just need you to augment. Because we don't know what's happening with our country. We need more people to carry guns. And protect the, the the assets. So for us at the at the guard base here in Portland, they have F-15s, mm-hmm. and so it's a big it's a big mission that they have. They have an alert mission. So mm-hmm. so uh, that's how I met my husband. And <laughs> and so there was a there was a, a flight chief, basically our our boss, our shift boss, uh, who kept posting us together, thinking we would make a great couple. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it worked after after like almost a year. I was I was activated October of '01, mm-hmm. and then Mick and I uh, took our friendship to the next level August of '02. Wow. <laughs> and then so eventually, then you guys got married. Yep, we got married. Then have, we have two kids, and we have two dogs, two cats. We're building an ark. I'm kidding. That's no, you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so one of the groups of people that I really want to talk to on my podcast are moms, right? Oh, mm-hmm. Because we have uh, sometimes a unique role. It's just different, you know? There's different cultural traditions that whether we like it or not, we kind of inhibit and or, you know, hold to ourselves. And then uh, they, they so, so what, I, what I'm interested in, how have you and your husband made, like while you were not serving as a yogi, and a retired person, how did you guys make raising two kids and all the fa- you know, the pets and things work? Because you both work full time. Right, right. Yep, we did, and uh, he still does. And so it was, it was very hectic. And just mm-hmm. a dual military family can mm-hmm. be really hectic. But um, uh, luckily, we um, that we we found a great childcare provider right off the bat. Um, and so um, and. When I had my two kids, uh, females were only given six weeks off, right? Maternity leave, and then it's back to work, 
unless you take extra your own vacation time, your own leave. Yeah. Um, but both times I went back to work right away. And so had a really awesome uh, childcare lady. Her name is Betty. Shout out to Betty. She's amazing. <laughs> and, um, and we also uh, have a lot of support of friends and family. We're really lucky where we live. This is not far from where I grew up. So my parents live like uh, 45 minutes away, depending on traffic. Right. And yeah, and then my mother-in-law lives one mile away. She lives in the neighborhood. Oh, so that's awesome. it's really nice. So you have and a nice network. Have a network. And then even being, you know, and being military, when I was active duty, when you're single, you your friends become your family because you're far away. And so you quickly, you know, make friends and you know, you know, the people that you want to have in your tribe, you know, so, mm -hmm. so, um, I remember being active duty, like I babysat a lot. So being, and then being here, like, I like our friends, uh, Mingo and Allie. Yes. You know, they would help out a lot. We yeah. would watch, we would watch their daughter. Yeah. Uh, it's just nice having a, just a, a good support group. You got to make awesome. that where, no matter where you live, no matter yeah. if you're with family or not, you make friends who become your family. Yeah. You have to. Mm-hmm. So I want to take a quick break to give a shout out to our sponsors and then we'll come back and maybe we'll talk about ice cream. Oh! And we're back. So, so you do, you do ice cream now. I do. So a couple of years ago, yeah. um, I wanted, I decided I love ice cream. I have an inherent sweet tooth. <laughs> Just, I mean, the, the amount, how I... How I have escaped juvenile diabetes is just boggling, mind-boggling, because you know those list like 24-ounce Hershey syrup bottles? Yeah. I would go through three a week. Oh, my gosh. Just on my, like, oh, yeah. And I had, and chocolate will leave, by the way, a lot of tartar if you're not a real good oral hygiene care, BTW. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I have a big sweet tooth, and I grew up having, my parents would buy the, the nasty Western family, like the local. Uh-huh off-brand 50 cents for a half gallon in the in the cardboard carton yes that you could just open up fully really easily oh gosh yes do you remember that it was like 50 cents i didn't have that in michigan we didn't have that okay well or, or my mom just didn't buy it I, whatever i yeah. just ate the crap out of it but like i remember like the ingredients like you couldn't pronounce any of the yeah. ingredients i don't even know if it was actually dairy in there or even right. what it was but it right as a kid your taste buds aren't as refined usually and you're just mm -hmm. excited and it's ice cream right and it's but, sweet Yep, yep. So then I thought, I, I think I want to get into making my own ice cream, and and so um, and and maybe it's higher quality and all this and that. So I remember putting out like a Facebook poll to my to my, to my friends and family, like, has anybody ever had ice homemade ice cream? And if you have like you know if you made it yourself or you know and people just chimed in and and one of the last people that chimed in said you know because people recommended oh yeah they have ice cream makers and they have a Cuisinart and this and that and. I have a really small house. Uh, I mean, a small kitchen. Mm -hmm. So it's a, we have a 1927 house, mm -hmm. and we've done a lot of work on it, but the kitchen has remained the same dimensions. I have a small house, and your kitchen is smaller than mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I saw your kitchen. Yeah. I was thinking it was about the same, but... Yeah. Um, well, I think I have maybe one counter space more counter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have a, we have a very small mm -hmm. counter space. But we ha I have, so I have a KitchenAid mixer that my husband bought me years ago when we were basement dwellers. Oh my gosh. And it sat in a box for years. And then when eventually we, 
um, got our kitchen, our house remodeled in the kitchen, and all of a sudden we had countertops. I'm like, oh, it's time to break this thing out. And then, so someone said, you know they make a KitchenAid bowl attachment that the ice that is an ice cream maker. And I'm like, that's perfect because if anybody grew up watching the Cosbys, I don't want another device or thing, mm-hmm. like just all these kitchen gadgets. I just want stuff that's, you know, workhorses that we're going to use. And so this KitchenAid mixer occupies our counter permanently. I like to bake a lot too. Mm, nice. Um, scratch baking and... Um, but so yeah, I make ice cream and it's awesome. We need to do a DIY vanilla making party someday. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. We were chatting about that the other day. Uh, I'll put a link to that in the show notes cause I, I do have instructions on how to do that. Okay. So you started making ice cream. You told me before while you were still working. Oh yeah. And yeah. You had uh, a, a pattern that you developed. Can you tell me about that? So, so one of the things I want to point out is that, in your household, you have some fun shared responsibilities where your husband does the cooking. Oh, yeah. I'm so lucky. I'm yeah. so lucky. He does all of the cooking, literally all of it. So when he would go TDY, a, a work business trip, um, I would think, well, how am I going to feed myself and the kids? I mean, we're pretty low maintenance. So I'm like, oh, cereal or macaroni and cheese right. or right. top ramen, <laughs> pizza. Let's go out. Yeah. Although, you know, that adds up quick yeah. going out to eat. But I'm just, we're just, luckily the kids are pretty uh, low fuss. And, <laughs> but um, yeah, so I was just in a routine where I would, um, if you make a, like a traditional dairy-based ice cream, with the eggs and the dairy, the it, you're cooking it over a stove first, and then you have to, then with the mixture when you're all done, you put it in the fridge. It has to cool, and then the next day, eight hours, twelve hours, or the whole next day, that's when you can churn it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a multi-step process. It's not something you can just do quickly. Right. So you found like a pattern of where you keep the bowl in the freezer, mm-hmm, you do mm-hmm. the cookie cooking part. part yep yep and then fridge and then pull everything out cold mm-hmm. and i mean it seems a lot like um whipped cream right you know you keep your metal bowl oh, yeah, and your yeah. beaters in the freezer and then yeah. so then you can get it nice and fluffy or whatever so like how long actual time does it take like when you're physically actually doing the work uh to to make ice cream do you think oh i i would think the so the cooking part is i would say that would take me maybe 20 minutes uh-huh uh, ish and 20 to 30 minutes. If that, if you include cleanup, you know, sure. dishwasher business, yeah, right, right. <laughs> but then, and then the spinning parts really fast. That's anywhere from like, depending on, uh, if it's a sorbet or whatever, but it, that can be anywhere from like 12 minutes to 18 minutes. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's nice. quick. And then, and then that's the churning time. And then uh-huh. you're putting it into containers, reusable plastic containers that are BPA and phthalate free. So your plastic containers are like what size? Like a little more than a pint usually? Yeah, they, I think that they're, oh shoot, we should have brought that one up. Um, a lot almost, of them are, she has these. 12 or 16 ounces. I don't think it's a right. quart. I don't think it's a whole quart, yeah. but it's more than a pint. Yes. It's in between a pint and a quart, yes. I would say. How many of those do you make a week, do you think? Oh, um, <laughs> I would say easily <laughs> nine to 16. So I got to say, most times when I see Misty, she says, here, take this ice cream. <laughs> yeah, I love to foist ice cream. I'm the ice cream pusher. I am the. I thought that might be a good name for a business if I do a side cart, you know. Yes, yes. I, I mean, Salt oh & Straw gosh. already has their thing. Right. But I think I could, there, Portland's enough foodie town that I could maybe have a niche in there somewhere if I if I wanted to market it. I suddenly got, you said ice cream pusher, and then you said cart, and so I have... 
a picture in my head of you, like, almost as a candy striper. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> literally pushing an ice cream cart, like, by one of the local parks or something. Like, oh, in the yeah. Or the, or the farmer's market. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. thought about that. And one year yeah. they did have, they were selling ice cream. Uh-huh. But I think um, once you're out, I remember asking a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I imagine, though, you know, once you're out, you're out. And that's it. For, that's your inventory. Yeah, yeah. Well, restaurant businesses are, are fussy in certain ways, so. Yes, sure. that's what's very intimidating about kind of moving forward with that. Yeah. Would you ever, ever do that? Like, do you, would, like if, if, if time and money were not an issue, right, would you if, do ice cream as a business? If time and money were not, if, and money, I mean, business, restaurants fail so fast. Yes. And I mean, if money was not an issue, I would totally do it. It would be, it would be so, it, that would be so fun. Yeah. Where would you start if you were going to do that? I would want to, right here in our neighborhood. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what would be your top five flavors you would do? Oh gosh. Your staples. You know, that's interesting because I used to frequent this local ice cream parlor uh-huh. over off Northeast 42nd Avenue. Okay. It was actually called Roses. Not, okay. not Roses, the famous deli that was... Uh, that was excellent food that's local and it was strictly Rose's ice cream and um they went they uh went out of business but then a new lady took over and I visited her once before then she went under sadly but I asked her what was her top flavor she said licorice black licorice that was shocking to me I'm not a licorice person I don't care about I don't care about color for me it's a texture thing I don't like gummy things or Mm. Licorice. I just, I don't care mm-hmm. the color mm-hmm. or the flavor, but, um, but that was really surprising. She said that was her top flavor, but then she didn't last. So maybe that's really not a top flavor. I don't know, but she said that's what sold the most. Mm-hmm. So for top five flavors for me, I think, gosh, I would, I would think a classic vanilla, um, which was to die for, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah. And you know what? You sent me that link to make your own vanilla mm-hmm. with vodka and, uh, with vanilla pods. I want to try that. Yes. I'm definitely going to try that. So thank you for sending it. You're welcome. Yeah. I think maybe what else would be, um, I don't think that I've ever done cookie dough, although I want to. Oh. I love, personally, I love cookie dough. Yeah. I just don't make that enough. I think why is because when I make actual cookie dough, uh-huh. I eat it before I can incorporate it into something else mm-hmm. or actual baking of cookies. Right, right. I just love cookie dough. And I love to make it myself, and my daughter uh, loves it as well. Yeah. And so does our son. We love raw cookie dough. And yeah. I know the risks, but yeah. we get farm fresh eggs. We have an egg there dealer. Yeah. And um, I try to get really good ingredients when I make my stuff. Especially, yeah, like with the vanilla ice cream. Uh, so maybe cookie dough. And then do you have any others you think you would do? Um, oh, I love to do a lemon lavender. So I have a lavender oh. bush that, that in our yard. Yeah. And we have a mortar and pestle. And uh-huh. then so I like to I make, I like to just buy a bag of lemons and juice mm-hmm, it. And, mm-hmm. and um, lemon lavender is a good one. Oh, peppermint. Peppermint's... Right. Uh, and you know what? I used uh, I used the peppermint oil. Mm-hmm. I just use a couple drops. That's what I use for my peppermint ice cream. So I make a vanilla base, and I yeah. add some peppermint of the essential oils in there. So the one container of um, ice cream will that will generate how many? Oh, when I make a batch, yeah, it usually makes three of those tubs. Okay, depending on if there's a lot of add-ons or extra liquids, like. Sure. Like lemon juice, that adds like a half a cup up to a little bit more maybe, and so that can add. But if it's just like a vanilla uh-huh. and then or peppermint, so it would make at least two and then maybe a half. Okay. Uh, 
And you, how many drops do you add? You said you had a couple, like two, three, five, five, ten. five or six, five or six. Mm-hmm. It's about, I usually, when I make brownies, I'll do three or four. And if I use orange essential oil, I might go all the way up to 10, Ooh. but it's, and I love that. Cause like, yeah. that's one of the things we talk about in oils is um, a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. Yep. And so that's, yeah. And that peppermint, cause I have had oh, that too. And that's very, really it's pepperminty. so good. And it's smooth yeah. mixed with the vanilla base. Mm-hmm. It's just a nice mellow. Mm-hmm. I never grew up liking mint in any capacity. I only tolerated it in toothpaste and gum, but yeah. well, I guess that's where you would have mint the most, right, I suppose. Right, right. But <laughs> the mint gum makes me sneeze every time. It just makes me sneeze. And, and mint toothpaste, I've come to tolerate it, but yeah. I've never had mint ice cream until I made my own. Oh my gosh. And I don't add any food colorings. No, no. So it's just the normal, normal yeah. vanilla color. I just want it as natural yeah. and healthy as possible. Yeah. Okay. So we've got vanilla, the lemon lavender, cookie dough, peppermint. Any others? Um, it's, uh, I'm always doing different stuff. I can't think of anything else right now. All right. What is the most off the wall ice cream you've oh, made? I'll tell you. Okay. So it was pickled beet. Yeah. So, so I made a face for those of you (laughs) (laughs) listening. So, so what I, oh, coffee, uh, coffee ice cream. Sorry. I would be remiss if I didn't mention coffee ice cream would be a top five. Okay. Awesome. So what I was doing when I, when I, the pickled beet came to was when I make ice cream or sorry, when I make coffee, I'm, I just have a Mr. Coffee pot. I don't have any well, I have that and a French press and now a mocha pot. <laughs> okay, so I am the Java queen. <laughs> but at the time, I was using our Mr. Coffee 100% of the time. And so I would make a full pot of coffee, whether we drink it all or not. And I wouldn't. And I buy good coffee, uh, so I try not to waste any of it. So whatever's left, if my husband and I can't drink a full pot, which was often, I would pour it in a mason jar, put it in the fridge. I know that's not cold brew coffee. I know the difference in the process, but it's iced coffee. And then that way it's there at at the ready. So when I want to make coffee ice cream, I can just add it to the vanilla base that I've made. So I was craving coffee ice cream and I opened the fridge. I'm thinking, oh yeah, I've got a, I've got a a mason jar of, of cold coffee in there. And so I reached down and out came pickled beets. So we actually had none and none on tap, none on hand, no cold coffee. So then I thought, well, there is an exotic mix of where people have talked about how they love vanilla ice cream with balsamic vinegar. It's very unique, and but if you haven't had it, you should try it. Okay. But that is an appealing to a lot of people. It's a very appealing. Well, balsamic is like a fermented, yeah. So uh, you know, it's for fermented flavor, ish. And so I thought, uh, pickled beet, okay. And so I took a strainer. So that no chunks of actual beets went in the ice cream. And I just sort of, just sort of with my, I didn't even measure. I just sort of like, hey, let's, let's have this a go. Let's try this. And it was fluorescent pink. I mean, fuchsia. Beautiful. And then um, it turned out it was very quickly my daughter's favorite ice cream. For that, like, for that year or the for the first two years. I mean, So you she, had to make more of it. She asked me to make more. And yeah, and luckily one of my coworkers, um, when I was working full time out at the base, um, she uh, commuted every day from McMinnville, and she would uh, she would bring she had like a acre um, or half acre. She had a lot of property, and she would share her garden, which was so sweet. And so she brought in beets, and I think my husband pickled them actually. Maybe she had pickled beets. I don't know. Somehow we got these pickled beets. Yeah. And so my daughter loved them, and we loved to play surprise when she had when we had friends over. Guess the flavor of this ice cream, and because it was pink, they would guess a berry. 
or somebody would guess Pepto-Bismol. It's like, no, 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 I wouldn't. That's, that's crazy. That's crazy talk. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it was, it's earthy. And yeah. then I had, you really have to measure it after a while because the, it can get too earthy. Right, 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 right. <laughs> uh, so speaking of Pepto-Bismol, uh, this, I just pulled out uh, a mineral. This is bismuth. Oh. And you can actually make it in your kitchen, apparently. But I got this from the local art store. And this is the element that no makes Pepto-Bismol. I never knew that history. So there's that. It's good for digestion. I don't know. You can rub it on your tummy. Wow. <laughs> That's fascinating. Uh, so we're almost at our 30 minutes of chatting. So I'm curious. What's one thing people might not know about you? It's like, especially your friends. Ooh. Um, um, I mean, uh, I put out there that I've been going to yoga. So oh, I mean, yes, I, we didn't even talk about yeah, yoga. I don't, I don't like post, like post about it or post yeah. poses. I mean, I, I like, I like, I follow on Instagram some yogis and it's yeah. inspiring. Yeah. But like, I don't, uh, I've done it a few times, like uh -huh. when I first started, but then for me, it just seemed a little bit cheesy, <laughs> not pretentious, but because you do, when you're passionate about something, you want to, you want to, you want to put it out there. Right. And I love, and I love doing yoga. And I started that about three and a half years ago. And now that you're retired, what do you do with the, the yoga? So once a week I help clean. So I'm what they call karma yogi. So I help oh clean the studio one day a week in exchange for discounted That's yoga, awesome. which is really nice because yeah. my, since I'm retired, uh, technically, I mean, militarily speaking, um, I, yes, I have a, uh, have that active duty pension, but it is like a fraction of what I made before. Right. Right. But it's, um, so it's just nice to, you know, that they have this option to, yeah. have, oh, you can help clean the studio in exchange for discounted yoga. That's awesome. And I don't mind cause I have kids and I have to clean the toilets or whatever. My husband cooks, he does all the repairs Yes. and I will attempt to clean i wouldn't say that our house is clean <laughs> at all but i do take pride in every it every time the... i've been there it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but i do take pride at the yoga studio and that involves cleaning the mirrors where a lot of sweat will just come oh my gosh when yes. you're doing different poses some of the sweat just of jumps off and mm -hmm. i i spend a lot probably too much time in the mirror in the hot room as they right. call it because i'm really i don't want people to come in there and see gross stuff on the windows or yeah, the mirrors. Yeah. Do you have like a couple days or one day a week or something? I just do it one day a week. Uh-huh. Yep, that's oh, the that's agreement awesome. with the studio yeah, and yeah. and it's it's awesome. They probably have other volunteers that Yep, they have a really well-oiled machine and that's so they awesome. have a lot of karma yogis every single day of the week and their their ideal is two a day. Sure. So that studio is getting cleaned, vacuumed. I mean, full on really good cleaning and then there's like a deep deep dive clean that they'll oh do gosh, that's awesome for the carpet because the hot room's carpeted oh wow yeah which people would think oh that's gross but it, there's no yeah. odor that place is tip top sparkle clean i that's love awesome, it because of all of the great karma um <laughs> are you a reader i like to read and that's one of my goals since i have more time on my hands uh -huh. is to read more books do you have one that you're working on right now i have a book that um, was passed on by another PTA member, and I think it's called How to Talk About Race. And it's really good, but I haven't finished it. Yeah. And, and I, I've i been slow to get back into reading. I go through phases where I'm yeah. like, well, I'll read a bunch, and then I don't. And yeah. And I really like nonfiction. Oh, That's nice. my favorite. I like uh -huh. to read, um, like I've read Rob Lowe's bio, um, Betty White. Oh, uh -huh. my gosh. Um and I also love humorous David Sedaris. Yeah. Sedaris. 
He is hysterical. I own his books. I normally am a big library fan. Sure. But I have I have to buy his books because I do reread them over and over. I mean, That's I will awesome. just cry laughing. Yeah. They're so good. Have you good. ever seen him live? No, but I think it would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I know he lives abroad. I think he lives in France. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, with his husband and... Um, and uh, I would I would love to I know he does, he's very literary and Portland's a pretty literary city and we have Powell's yeah yeah and so that's where all the people come to talk yeah so I'll, and he might even do stuff <clears throat> at like uh, the Schnitzer I don't know if his audience is big enough where he can do a thing like in a wider venue yeah, I feel like it popped up on one of my things recently and if it did I'll link that in the in the show notes because uh, I'm I've got a subscription to you know, an email subscription to the theater groups. Oh, yeah, 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 yep, yep. Yeah, and yep. so I, I feel like it popped up recently, but I'll double check because... Okay. Yeah, Portland done. performing the five... Yeah, five, the DO3 or five... Yeah, there's Portland an acronym with numbers. Yeah. Well, what's one thing you want our listeners <clears throat> to know about, I don't know, anything we talked about or anything at all? I think that if you put your mind to anything, you can do it. You just got to make the time and I think it's easy to say well we're busy I'm busy mm. and and I felt extremely busy especially the last couple of years when I was working um, but you, you got to take time for yourself and and if you have a hobby or you have a passion or you want to do something I still want to clean my basement and I've been <laughs> talking about that with my friends ad nauseum for years <laughs> with the Z's years, <laughs> but uh, I know that when that motivation hits, maybe I got to blast disco music. I love disco and I love rock. I like all kinds of music, but I think I just need to just put on some music and then just start getting to it and just chipping away because it is overwhelming mm-hmm. for, for that goal and for me, mm-hmm. but I think just maybe making the time and then just making time for self-care too mm-hmm. is so important when things get hectic. Where do you do your yoga here in town? Um, at, it's called Home Hot Yoga. And that's a the beautiful new logo. Yes, yes. So they do the um, same, nothing changes. It's the, it's the 20, there's 26 postures in 90 minutes. Uh, it's known as Bikram Yoga, but they, they changed their name because that name is no longer associated with being inclusive and, and feeling good. There's, there's, there can be some negative connotations with that name but that is the style of yoga that they that they do and it's it's good stuff and nice i'm a big fan nice well we'll link that in the show notes too so if people want to go say hi cool yeah yeah that's awesome thanks for joining us today misty oh thank you thank you michelle if you've enjoyed today's podcast leave a review especially on apple podcasts if you've loved the messages of co-creating a better future and digging into ourselves maybe you'd like to become a supporter Email hello at michellelastly.com to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. This is Michelle Lastly with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. <laughs>